It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Yikes. Okay, Mike. All right, we're going to go to uh, a five-pack of McNuggets stats here. I have a headache from that, so we're going to try getting this back on track to uh, reel us in. And ironically, and I swear this was unintentional, our first stats about the Browns running game. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Against Baltimore, guys, this is actually – Where this were is, this you with the analytics, Mike? You're usually always there with the analytics. Hey, is, there was, he was not stepping into that. He was like, no, I'm I, There was no. nothing I could do there. It was, it was pure yeah. chaos. Uh, but this is from the Baltimore Stay game. Stay out of crossfire. This is from the Baltimore game. This is, I think, important for the Browns moving forward in terms it's gonna of be who they have to be. So against Baltimore, they had 12 rush attempts for 31 yards under center, which not very good, 2.6 yards per carry. Right. But from the gun – they were extremely effective. 24 carries for 147 yards. No, we don't look at yards per carry yard anymore. Per carry. That doesn't matter. Average. <laughs> 2.4 under center. Sure 6.1 from the gun. Now, obviously, more sample size, 24 to 12. But they were significantly more effective from the run. And that's Wait, important. Gee, why would that be? Because teams are thinking pass and they're, they're catching them off guard. Oh, you talk about shotgun runs? Yeah, I mean, typically teams will run it under center. But they do run it from the gun. But that was th- those stats are... That's opposite the ends of Mike. The, no, no, that Baltimore. was just against just Baltimore. Baltimore bring, them, bring them back up. Oh, it was I'm six sorry. yards, yeah, essentially yeah. six yards per carry in the gun, and two something under center. Now under, I'm sure that yeah. every team probably has similar numbers, but that to me seems like it's a really I don't know about no, that. That's, that's a big. big I think it's unusual. I don't think teams have yeah, similar. It's, no, I said I think mostly I would guess that under center the defense knows it's more likely to be a run. So mm. my guess is that you would average fewer yards per carry under center. But that stretch, but a two point six to six point one, that's big. Well, the Browns are running a lot less. You know, I, I think um, who was talking about this? Um, uh, the boot action is just not like Jake Burns was talking about this when he had a film breakdown. The Browns used to run a lot of stuff under center, and they used to get a lot of give me throws with, with Baker Mayfield because of the boot game. And uh, now teams are playing the boot so well that some of those plays and options aren't really there. So, you know, there's not going to be play action a lot. So if you, if you don't have the threat of play action, you're going to have more, you're going to have less yards per carry because guys are going to be up there and they're going to be expected sure, to run. load the box. And-, and, and so the Browns have, have kind of done a little break tendency. The Browns really have never run the ball really well out of gun. Um, if you even go back to when they had Nick Chubb, they never really ran it uh, that well out of, uh, out of the gun. But here's what you, you're starting to see. That, that pull and pin action that they're doing with the guards and the centers and tackles, when that little toss play, Kareem Hunt runs that really well. Guys are now getting downhill. And Jerome Ford is actually starting to run out a lot better. He broke two of those plays in terms of that with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He, ran, he broke a long one against the Seattle Seahawks. And he broke another one, um, broke a couple of them against the Ravens. So, you know, now that they've got that pull and pin action, they're going to have to come up with something after uh, outside of that. But teams will adjust, teams right? Will adjust. Yeah. But they never really did a good job of that before. I know we're oh. talking run game, but Deshaun has always been a shotgun quarterback. He, he's right. very comfortable in the shotgun. And I was talking to him for the shoulder, before we knew about the shoulder, I was talking to him after the, the Baltimore game, and he said that Kevin likes putting him under center at times to try and get certain looks out of the defense. Now, I wish I could tell you what those looks were. He didn't tell me. Right. But, but I think it's Kevin – trying to get the uh, now whether it's run pass I, I'm just telling you what he told me right Kevin likes at times getting the quarterback under center 
to try and get certain looks out of the defense. Now, if that has anything to do with what we're talking about do here, I can't do tell you. Do you think they'll run as much out of the gun with DTR That's if it was question. something that Watson was particularly DTR comfortable with? When he did not go under center at all in college. Straight shot. No, I know he didn't in college. But well, Deshaun was the same play. way at Clemson and at Houston where he was all shotgun. And I think they're going to try to make he him loves comfortable. Shotgun. I would think that you want to be out of the shotgun. You, Hell, if you can run that successfully out of the gun. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. I, do they have, I mean, to your point, teams will make adjustments the rest of the that. season on that, Mike. I'd have to do way. I went back and watched all the wrong yeah. plays to do that myself. So yeah, I sure. wish we had a, a, a like a global number too from yeah. the NFL. Like, it, what are all carries when the quarterback's under center? Because what I think average, there are teams that run better average? with the quarterback under center. Yeah, there there are like teams I mean, like look, Baker Mayfield. The I, Baker Baker during those years, the team ran much better under center. Baker. Was I know under the Bengals run yeah. better when Burrow's under center. By the way, a couple of Browns injury updates. Dewan Jones is some video here. Just a minute ago of him practicing. So it looks promising. Oh, he's, that's pra- good. he's practicing. Juan Thornhill and Marquise Goodwin did not practice. So I got to assume those guys oh, are not are playing. Most likely not going to play. And yeah. Coach Tyvis coming up in the TV show in a few minutes has a Coach Tyvis breakdown on why Thornhill has been so important to this Browns defense, how McLeod can step up in his he's shoes. Good. They also, the Browns yes. hired Bill Musgrave this offseason as an offensive analyst who specialized in the shotgun run game. It hadn't been great earlier this season. Right. I'll do some digging for the numbers, but against Baltimore was at its best. Second stat of the day, it's Jekyll and Hyde, Kenny Pickett, and it makes, frankly, not a ton of sense. In the first half of games this season, he's been completely average. 56% dead smack in the middle of the league. 742 yards, dead smack middle, three touchdowns, three interceptions. In the second half, and mainly the fourth quarter, he transforms into someone he is not in the first 45 minutes of the game. Passing percentage goes up, yards go up, interceptions go down, his QB rating jumps up 30 points. And more importantly than anything else, trailing in the fourth quarter, with four minutes to go, he's 10 of 12 passing, 176 yards, two touchdowns, a 56.3 quarterback rating. The highest you get is a 50, uh, 158.2. Yeah. Damn near perfect. And in 22 career games, he has seven game winning drives. That's that right there. Is it sick. doesn't make it's a ton crazy. of sense. I can't really explain it. I can't either. But it makes no he's sense. at his best in the last couple minutes of the game. I can't think of any other quarterback that's like, there's, some, there's other guys who are great late in games, but usually they're at least good the rest of the game. He sucks the rest of the game. And he's been really good late in well, games. That's when you want him to be good. That's like Deshaun was 6 of 20 in the first half, 14 of 14 in the second half. Like, I know you can overcome what you do in the first half. You can't overcome what you do in the second half if it's bad. I, I think a lot of it is, so we look at people who perform well in the fourth quarter as clutch. Sometimes people perform well by sample size. So if you're a guy that starts off slow and you don't diagnose what the defense is doing to you throughout the game. Oh, you, you're now, saying he's getting better as the now, game goes on because – what he sees. It's, it's like going down. It's, it's like being a hitter the third time through the lineup. If you, if you got a pitcher that's, that's throwing BBs the first two two times you see him, by the time you get to the third or fourth time at a bat, you want him. You just no, see a bunch a good of pitches. Point. That's a good he's, point. He's seeing what the defense is doing, and now he should just, he's like, okay, but that's I'm more unusual, comfortable. G, for a guy to oh, be that bad 
for most of the game. It's very it's unusual. And, I mean, he he doesn't Tim look like Tebow, a, Tim Tebow had that weird quality too. He sucked. He almost more like an game. NFL quarterback most of the time. And, and, Jay, let me ask you a question because I read something earlier this week, and I wish I would have bookmarked it because I would love to bring up what the exact numbers were. The overall view was that since they've moved Canada from the box to the field, yeah. they've been a better offense. I don't know that there are many offensive coordinators on the field, and why would that help? I don't know. I mean, AVP is. I know he doesn't call the plays, but AVP's on the field for the Browns. But right. most offensive coordinators are in the booth. Yeah, so I was surprised to see that. First of all, I mean, they, they had to try something with them, but it's it's worked. Yeah. I'm not saying their offense is great now, but it's it was marginally better yeah. since they've moved him down on the field. And, and I think, too, like, how much is this a, is a function of the Pittsburgh Steelers defense does not allow them, them to get put away or blown out? If you already always got very close yeah. games, you give yourself a more opportunity to win some of those games because think about it. Some people don't get chances for comebacks because the off, their defense is they, the game is over. The, right. the, the offense put a, a, a field goal or touchdown on and the game is now garbage well, time. Well, if you remember the first time they played, the Browns absolutely dominated yep. that football game. Going into the fourth quarter, they had the lead. They held Pittsburgh's offense to minus yards in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. yet they lost the game because their defense had the strip sack fumble touchdown. That that So th- those are things that happen. It, you know, th- like we say all the time, you know, we go back and forth about run pass, defense, all this. It's just complimentary football. Yeah, it, it, It's complimentary football to know that, okay, I know I got T.J. Watt. I got Highsmith over here. I got a defense that they can't score on. Even if I'm even if I'm a quarterback and I'm like okay I might want to take a deep shot because I, I'm I'm a little frustrated I haven't been able to go downfield he knows in his head hey this defense is gonna give me the ball with good field position yeah and give me another opportunity to go down the field some quarterbacks work better in tempo too yeah and that that's the stat that really jumps out is the seven wins in 22, 22 games 33 percent of the games I mean He's had a fourth quarter game if, if I'm Pittsburgh I might want to just start flirting with the idea that you're putting him in a, a bit of a hurry up just a tempo offense because it seems like he operates better out of that faster tempo some guys do all right, next up is uh, a little love for a guy, David Njoku. This season, he's ninth in the NFL in terms of tight ends and targets. He averages six per game, but he's also first among all NFL tight ends in yards after catch, yards after catch average, and he's missed uh, forced 13 missed tackles, first in the NFL. And that goes back to what Bull said the other day when he carried Geno Stone 17 yards down the field <laughs> against Baltimore yeah. and kind of established his physical dominance. Me and Tavis did the Njoku strong workout. I'm guessing that's where part of the strength comes from. <laughs> but this dude has been the hardest tight end in football to tackle, and he has been one of the most important and irreplaceable players in this Browns offense, especially with the uncertainty at quarterback. And Njoku deserves some love because he's been phenomenal the last couple of weeks. He does, and I, we were, especially me, we were all critical of the contract extension uh, in some way, shape, or form. We just, you know, we're glad that we had him, but we thought they overpaid for him. But I think that, it's worked out. I, I, I'm okay with that move because, God, no telling where this offense would be without him right now. Yeah, I, I think one of the, the, the adjustments that Kevin Stefanski was making is, you know, I would go back to the first Baltimore game where, you know, Baltimore was really playing um, with a lot of guys at the, at, at the, uh, in the line of scrimmage. And so the check release was wide open. I, David and Joker would check, chip, make sure that everything was squared away, and then he would release downfield. The crazy part about it is now they're hitting those routes. They're starting to realize that, guess what? Those are almost long handoffs. Those are right. almost screen passes. So he's checking and releasing, getting in the flats. 
And now when you drop your coverage into zone, what you got is David Ajoku with a six, seven yard head start and DB's trying to tackle him. And that's why he's getting that head of steam in a moment. And, and, and you get the ball short to him really quickly with a head of steam. He's getting 13, 14 yards because he's such a wiry dude to bring down. I like the, the adjustment that the Browns have made in order to get the ball out quicker. I also feel like him being a threat now in the offense helps the running game. I oh, think for it's sure. Something else that the defense has to pay attention. And to. another thing that helps the running game is what a good blocker he's turned into. And mm-hmm. full credit for him for that. Because Absolutely. Well, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, guys. Mm-hmm. They brought Austin Hooper in here, and David wanted out. Facts. And yep. he was trying to get out. And That's Kevin's true. the one that got him back in the boat. Not only did he get him back in the boat, he totally turned around into, and and not Kevin, but David turned around what type of blocker he was. He wasn't a very good blocker earlier in his career. No, he's he wasn't. an excellent blocker now, and he's totally bought in. It, does he earn every dollar of that contract? I don't know, but there isn't nothing. It's sort of like the left tackle debate and the right tackle debate. What else are you going to get? Who are you going to get? Yeah. If you, if you move yeah. on from that guy, okay, well, fine. What else is out there? And there wasn't a tight end is another. It's not a left tackle premium, but it's a premium position in terms of what his skill set is. So I'm totally fine with. Yeah, we know what he is. He we know what he around. is. He's never going to be in the Kelsey category. We right. know that by now. He's, but what he does provide is very good. He's yeah. not in the elite tier. He's right. not Kelsey. He's not Kittle. He's right. not Hawkinson. He's in that next tier, though, isn't but he? He's now. That, he's definitely in that. He's moved into that next group. He's probably, yeah, somewhere like between six and eighth best tight end. And even if he's not worth every last dollar, so what? He's worth a, dollar, a million less, whatever. It does yeah. At this point, yes, he's finally put it all together. This is clearly... He's on his way to his best year, like Miles Garrett. He stayed healthy this year, and he's those numbers, uh, yards after catch and broken tackles, being the best in the league. He's you, you know he always had the physical skill, but he he was always dropping balls and he didn't use his physicality as much. He's put it all together this year. It's yeah. been impressive. And kudos to the Browns. We killed him. I did when they signed him. I thought yeah. it was a bad decision. Nope. I'd hate it. to think where this offense would be without him. Mike, number all three. All right, next right? up. This one is uh, This is weird because it makes no sense to me, but the Steelers are 6-3 and three this year. They have six one-score wins. All six wins they've wow. trailed. They've been outgained in all nine games. I can't find a stat, an analytic. This makes no sense. There, there's no logical explanation they should be 6-3. and three. They're probably more, if you look at the numbers, a 3-6 and six football team, not a 6-3 and three football team. Right. But somehow, not even on defense, could you find a stat? They give up a ton of yards. They forced turnovers. They forced 18 turnovers, that's the which tur- that's helps. That's the stat. Yeah, that but is the stat then. And, that, the and stat. you can't measure culture and heart. And that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Mike Tomlin and somehow this team finds ways to win games in probable fashion. They deserve kudos for yeah. it. But it's, you look at the numbers of this team, it's a three and six football team, not a six. I agree with you. team. It's yeah. insane that they're six and three, but you know, some sometimes the numbers don't tell all the whole story. I, you know, and so the Browns are. I mean, the, the the Steelers are a good example of that. I mean, frankly, the Browns are a good example of they that. They are this they, year. They shouldn't be six and three but based on what they've do, done offensively, and yet they are too. So yeah, uh, you take it. I mean, the first now the Browns have turned it around because they've been for, forcing turnovers and not giving up turnovers in the last couple of weeks. But early in the season, remember they got out, you know. The, it was horrible. They were 30th yeah. in the league, I think, in takeaways. And, or and in so the it, turnover fifth. margin. Yeah. Sometimes, some, you know, sometimes you get the breaks in the big moments. And even though the Browns haven't got injury breaks, they've gotten some, some – they've made some big plays when it mattered, even in a game. And certainly the Steelers even more than the Browns 
have been outplayed all the time, and they've just made a couple of plays that made the Let's difference. Let's hope that trend changes Sunday. What that tells me is the same with Baltimore. You, they don't beat themselves. You have right. to go beat them. That's you good. have to beat them. And that's and, what good teams do. And the Browns and did never, that last week, yeah. and that's what they're going to have to do. And they're Sunday. never done till it's over. That's right. You yeah. can't take your foot off the gas against teams Absolutely. like that. All right, what's next? Last one, we gave Njoku some love. Let's give JOK some love, too, because I was digging through the numbers, and it was on this same show last year with Dequell Jackson, who's our guy. Like, I'm not sure this dude's an NFL linebacker. And this year, he's been stellar. He has 16 tackles for loss or no gain this season. That's, That's tied crazy. to first in the NFL with wow. Fred Warner. Wow. It's already That's a career high. That is absolutely He's on pace this season to set career best in tackles, sacks, tackle for loss, which he's already set. Fewest missed tackles. That says missed tackles, but it's fewest. He's only missed one tackle this season. He's missed at least eight in his each My first God. of his first two. And fewest completions allowed. He's only allowed six completions against. It was in the 20s and 30s, which is pretty standard for a linebacker. That's actually not un- – it's not a bad number. Right, right. But it's six this season. He's on pace to allow 12. The tackles for Which would also track as one of the top That's in crazy. football. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't want to discount the work that he's put in because I'm sure it's been great. But, Jason, isn't that just the Jim Swartz factor? They're, they're, he's using the guys that he has yeah. to their strengths – and he looks like a completely different player last year than he did last year. And I think a lot of that is he doesn't, he's not fighting off linemen. You know, that when you fix the defensive oh. tackle issue, when you fix the upfront issue that they had mm-hmm. last year, how many times we say it, fix the defensive tackles, everything on this defense is going to look different. And I, that's, I think, is a huge part of it. Obviously, they had a ton of injuries last year at the linebacker position. So now he's in a spot where the guys up front create all the chaos and he just comes in and cleans it up. It's the perfect role for him. He's excelling in it. He's thriving, and, you know, I, I, I don't know if he could have done this in Joe Wood's scheme or not. I, I still think Joe, there's a lot of problems there, but he, he had car mechanics as defensive tackles last year, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and you saw what happened as a result. And when you clean up the middle of the defense, now you're seeing what a massive, massive difference it makes. And the trickle-down effect is guys like JOK and Grant Delpit having monster years. We don't follow every team as closely as we follow the Browns, but I'd be hard-pressed to find a player in the NFL this year that has improved more oh, than JOK. I totally agree. I mean, he yeah. would, he went last year's one of the worst linebackers in the league. This year he's been one of the best. I mean, well, well literally said I I I'd cut him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, when he, I, and none of us disagreed. Yeah, we, he was well, he was how horrible. Could yeah. we? He was horrible Based last on what year. what we saw. All right, Mike, um, is that your last stat? That is my last stat and we are uh, we actually have a special oh surprise God. for you guys here, but in 10 minutes Luck we go to is. WKYC so make sure you guys tune into <laughs> Us on WKYC, it is brand new content, never seen before because we haven't done it yet, as Jay so eloquently pointed out earlier. But it is 30 minutes. We're talking about can DTR outdoor picker. We're talking about the home field advantage the Browns have brought back this season. Is this a gotta-have win plus Coach Tyvis and some no-fence riders? You guys are going to love it. Make sure you tune in. And, uh, guys, look who we found. I know. I love this. Mike Polk is here. And I, just a little bit of quick uh, setup before Mike. Mike's here to do something that we think is very important. Yeah. But earlier this week, when the Deshaun Watson story broke, mm-hmm. Bull, who famously does not believe in curses, he's like, right. anybody who believes in curses yeah. is nuts. He texted us that morning and he goes, I may be as close to believing curses are real than I've ever been <laughs> at any point in my life. I considered the reality. Right. <laughs> because, you know, for Browns fans, curses are real. Sure. And with that in mind, tell us what you're about to do. All right. Well, first of all, why, the real reason I'm here is to beg for people to come to the show I'm doing tonight at Pickwick and Pro. <laughs> I never come on to promote you guys, but I did talk to the manager yesterday and I asked how attendance was looking, and he said, it's like the Browns depth chart. Pretty thin. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I'd come on and desperately ask people to come out. It's a fun variety show. 
show. Also, the headliner, Nate Craig, will be appearing. It's going to be a fun show. Come out. It's not. It's at doors at nine tonight. Join us. All right. And but as a treat for you guys, as a thank you for having me on to promote that show, I am also going to use my time to put a curse on the Steelers, an old Irish curse. Let's okay. get there. Now, Let's do it. This is, uh, this, these are passed down to me by my great-grandfather, James Patrick Kelly, from his father. He used to curse people, my father cursed people, and now I curse people for him. Um, <laughs> these are real Irish curses. They are not mean ones, by the way. We're not wishing injury upon anybody. I'm not hoping Cam Hayward gets injured. These are fun curses. I'm hoping that like some online pirates steal his identity and use his credit card to buy some speedboats, and it's a big legal hassle. <laughs> I don't want Mike Tomlin, I don't want any ill will to come upon him, but I do hope that some, no, no, I just, but I do hope that he is framed for murder for somebody, <laughs> and he didn't do it, he didn't do it, and oh it all gets worked God. out in court fun eventually. Curses. Right, yeah. fun curses, yeah. you yeah. know, it just gets dragged out for like eight to ten months, he's found innocent, but some people always still think he did it. That's what I want, that kind of curse. These are, again, so he's OJ, right? yes, pretty much. So these are some old Irish curses, these are again passed down to me by my great-grandfather, and they are in the original Gaelic, which I do not speak, so I will read the Gaelic and then I'll give you the translation. Um, can I get my music, my Irish curse music there, Mikey? Here we go. Okay. Go inth on tuckus thu. That means may you be consumed by an awful itch. <laughs> See, that's I'm fun. I'm all for that. That's, I'm all for that. But that's harmless. That for everybody on the it, yeah, it's everyone on the Steelers. Okay. If you want to call them out for certain things. Did that happen to the Yankees once here during a playoff game? Here's Kenny Pickett. <clears throat> Kenny Pickett. Oh, this is for Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Um, food sanguan agus damlan aberthagen. That means may you have ants and spiders in your marriage bed. Yes. Nice. TJ Watt. Okay, TJ Watt. Here we go. Gan scrub food room bagger own. That means that you may scratch a beggar man's back one day. Let me give him another one. Hold on. Here's another one for him. It's a curse, Mike. He deserves two curses. Ma ifis nar kacher. And that means when you eat, may you not defecate. So we're wishing constipation upon you. <laughs> wow. Okay. See, here's what I'm not wow. going to do because it's too harsh. So I did. We're not, I'm yeah. not putting this one on the Steelers, but I, this is one of my grandpas. I won't use this one though. This was bad. This, I'm not putting this on you. And what that means is, may you die without a priest in town with no clergy. <laughs> See, I am not putting that on them. That's that's where I draw the line. Okay. Um, because if you were to be a yeah. mean curse, I guy. wouldn't do it though. I wouldn't. Uh, yeah. the, how about okay. their two wide receivers, Deontay Johnson? Oh, good. And, uh, George Pickens. That's George perfect. Pickens, that applies yeah. to these Johnson, guys. Johnson, no, he's playing. Oh, I, I yeah. thought he was questionable. Last go inath akatu is go nith adabala cat. That means may a cat eat you and may the devil eat the cat. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay, I'm gonna give them one more. I'm gonna give them one more. Ma'a food tamak lagar ba faradig. May you melt in the earth like snow off a ditch. Ooh, Ooh that's wow. cru- that's rough. Can't and finally, right this one's for all the Steelers, and then we're done. Am pasat chu goth amar sling. May you marry a wench that blows wind like stone from a sling. That means I hope you marry a prostitute who farts. Pause. Super. <laughs> so that's it. Those are my curses. Come see the show, everybody. And also, I'm also anchoring the news at 7. I guess I should mention that since we're oh, on the station. Yeah, I always do, guys. Yeah, every Friday. It's called Friday. Yeah. I'm Mike, also, you're the best. Thanks. We'll see you on Channel 3. I, I'm, I'm also filling in for Jay on Thanksgiving so he can be with his family. <laughs> Welcome to the 
pre-Pittsburgh Steelers show. Yes. The ultimate Cleveland sports show on Channel 3. We are 48 hours and 30 minutes from kickoff. Over at the stadium, the Steelers and the Browns. Coming up on today's show, we're going to talk about T.J. Watt versus Miles Garrett. Who has more sacks in this game? Bull. Jay, I'm Adam the Bull, and I got to tell you, I think, I, I don't believe in must games normally in the middle of the season, but this is a got to have it against the Steelers. If the Browns don't win this game, I think they're in trouble for making the playoffs. If they do win it, I think they're in great shape to make the playoffs. G. I'm G. Bush, leader of the Kool-Aid Mafia, and I'm going to tell you why. D. T.R. is going to be a household name in less than 48 hours. Jason. Wow. I'm Jason Lloyd, and you don't even have to watch the game because we're going to give you pre-written headlines. We're going to tell you what happens on Sunday before the game. Mikey. And I'm Mikey McNuggets, and the Browns' home field advantage is back, and we need to apologize to Browns Nation for having a premature funeral for the dog pound. We're sorry, guys. You're better than that. Yeah, we earlier this year, I think we asked the question, like, do, is there even a need for the dog pound because it didn't feel organic anymore? Yeah. And I'm not ready to say that the reason that their home field advantage is because of the dog pound. I just think it's a great home field advantage. It's a great crowd, no matter where you're sitting, but we'll talk about that. First up, it, really, the rest of the season comes down to one thing. How will DTR play as he's filling in for Deshaun Watson? Now, on the surface, Deshaun Watson, franchise quarterback, most guaranteed dollars in the NFL. When you look at his numbers to this point in the season, he had just seven touchdowns and four interceptions. So it's not like he's exactly in the conversation for MVP. Still, I think everybody agrees DTR is not Deshaun Watson. The bigger question for Sunday, guys, can he play better than Kenny Pickett, who hasn't been great, but his team is 6-3 and three too? I certainly think he can play better than Kenny Pickett, and I don't have a ton of high hopes for DTR, but I don't think Kenny Pickett's very good. Now, he Kenny Pickett's got a lot more experience, and I would argue that Kenny Pickett, because of all the injuries the Browns have sustained, probably has a little more talent around him on offense uh, than, the, than the Browns do at the moment, although it's close. But yeah, I think DTR could have a better game, but if, if I had to bet... Who has the better game? I'd probably bet on Pickett, but not by much. Yeah, you have to give. You'd have to lean toward Pickett because yeah. at least he has the experience. I would take that first Baltimore game, crumple it up, burn it, throw it out. It doesn't matter with DTR. It was he was really thrown into a bad spot. He was a rookie. Found out two and a half hours before the game it was even going to be him. He had all the practice reps this week. I talk about it all the time. It makes an enormous difference when you're the guy under center Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. It makes a massive difference on Sunday. Can he be better than Pickett? Yeah, he can be. Kenny Pickett, we were talking about on the YouTube show a little bit ago. He's been terrible in first half of games, even three quarters. For some reason, he pulls it together, and he's had some big drives for them for the Steelers in fourth quarter moments. I still like the Browns' defense in this. They just need DTR. Don't turn the ball over. That's the most important thing. Be safe. Be sound. Know where you're going with it. Don't try and force things. Don't try and do some of the Baltimore's throws that we saw in a double and triple coverage. Just take what's in front of you, hand the ball off, play action, deep shots on third down, keep it simple, and the Browns can win this game. I think DTR is going to come out, and he's going to have a tremendous game. Now, what does tremendous mean? I'll take 230. I'll take 225, a touchdown, and maybe a touchdown on the ground. But uh, I think DTR, like Jason said, to his point, throw it away. DTR is a competitor. Go back and watch some of his, his, his tape in uh, UCLA. Watch the fire that he plays with. I think he came out and he feels embarrassed about the way he played. And he feels like this is his first time, the opportunity for him to go out and do what he needs to do. If I, it, you know, we get to the game plans and how they, the keys to victory, my keys to victory already, I'm going to give you a, a cliff notes of it. 
hey, turn this thing into a college football game. I want to see some read option. I want to see some quarterback draws. I want to see some things that the Pittsburgh Steelers normally don't see. And I think if they can do that to keep him comfortable out of the gun, I think DTR can have a, a very productive game. I think the question here isn't, is he going to be better than Kenny Pickett? I think the real question is, is he going to be better than he was the first time around? He can't be worse. And, and I don't mean better by a little. I mean significantly better. And to your point earlier, yeah, that was a pop quiz. Yeah. It was his first start in the NFL. Can you imagine the butterflies that were swimming in his stomach when at 1030 the Browns came up to him and said, you're the guy? Yeah. I'm sure he had some idea that might happen. But still, he looked across the line of scrimmage on that first play, and he didn't see USC's defense. He saw the Baltimore Ravens. Grown men. And he was, I think, just, he was awestruck. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be this time. And I don't think he even has to outplay Kenny Pickett. He just has to not turn the ball over and be significantly better than he was the first time around. 120 yards passing leads to an L. It's got to be better than that. Uh, our next topic, it talks about home field advantage. And McNuggets, you did a lot of research this week really last week, talking about how significant that advantage is. And I have to say, I got a peek at these numbers. I knew we've been good at home. I was blown away at how good. Yeah, they've been phenomenal. This season, they've had five home games. And in those five games, the Browns have outscored their opponents 100-51. to And that includes the 28-3 loss to Baltimore in week four with DTR. So you take out the one DTR start. That is a 97-23 to cumulative score at home. And crazy enough, as good as that is, seventh best in the NFL. I would think which it would goes be to show there are some crazy home field advantages, but the dog pound, like we said earlier, we had said the home field advantages kind of dwindled a little bit in Cleveland, yeah. but this season in the macro has been phenomenal. Yeah, they've Mikey, been great. I don't like that he is now doing what 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 the Jimmy uh which what the son in law does all the time is misusing the dog pound. The dog pound is not the whole stadium. Right. It's never been the whole stadium. No. So you can't keep calling all Browns fans the dog pound, Mikey. I, it's inappropriate. I agree with you. And I think the conversation we had earlier, because like part two of this discussion after we showed the numbers was going to be, you know, did we prematurely bury the dog pound? Because we did talk about on this show earlier this year about none of us were really huge proponents of it still being called the dog pound. I still think that's true. It's not the dog. The dog pound died with the old stadium. See, I agree with you, Jason. And I also think that these kind of things have to happen organically and they don't go on forever. Right. Like, they go on for the period of time that that era is underway. And to me, that was the Hanford Dixon, Frank Minifield. Those were the dogs. And if you play well enough where you earn a nickname, don't go back to what you used to use. Coin something new and start over. Not to mention, they were right on top of you. If you were backed up in the end zone, they were close enough to hit them with batteries and dog bones. And that's not the case anymore. It's set so far back at the new stadium just because the way NFL stadiums are built. we have to admit... Those guys were welders and electricians that sometimes yes. would leave the game and go to work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it, a it feels crowd. far more it's, corporate back there now. The defense has played incredible football at home. And that, that's, the, and that's, that's it. the difference. Uh, yeah. The offense hasn't been that great at home. But now but the, the defense, defense is oftentimes sparked by the crowd. Now, here's the thing. No so, doubt. I think overall, to your point, the crowd The crowd's helps, been good. But yeah. it's not the dog Everybody crowd. has to come to the game and start. They, they got a game just like you got a game. Don't the, give those tickets the, to Steeler fans. The fans Don't are supposed do that. to be in there. You're supposed to be warmed up, ready to go. And I always, I, I coin the phrase, do your part. The Browns are going to do their part to try to get in the end zone. The Browns are going to do their part to make sure they get teams three and out. Do your part and, and be active when you get to the stadium. And I think there should be more calls to fans being active. And once you have a self-fulfilling prophecy, people know that they when they get there, they're going to be loud and in charge. 
We owe them for them terrible tiles that they've been bringing to our stadium yeah. in the last 30 years. Let's flip the script. And be on time. Be yeah. there for kickoff. You, you can have all the tailgate minutes fun. early. Go to tailgate, have your fun, but be, be, be aware of the crowds, the lines. Yeah. Get in there on time. Yeah. Be in there for the kickoff. That place is going to be it lathered sucks up when on steel Sunday. There's always a lot of Steeler fans there. It sucks. Don't yeah. let them take over the stadium. What's crazy is they played five home games. Three of them have been wins by three touchdowns. Don't remember yeah. the last time that happened. Yeah. I really don't. I mean, you'd have to go back way, way, way back. And we're only halfway through. So they've got a lot more home games to go. All right. Uh, you mentioned in your lead, you're not going to call it a must win. You're calling it a gotta have game. For the, yeah, there are levels to must wins. I yeah. think you're right. There's one must win. Are, is your season over if you lose? Right. That's a must win. Clearly, the season isn't over. But tell us why, for you, it's just a shade below that. I look at this game and I say, look, okay, this happened mid-game. Look what happened to the Bengals when Joe Burrow got hurt last night, right? They cratered. The whole team cratered it did. after Burrow got hurt. It's easy to fall apart when your quarterback gets hurt, especially for the year. Bengals don't even know Burrow's status. We know that Deshaun Watson is out for the year. Uh, no matter how you want to spin it, it's a big deal. But it doesn't have to be the end of the road. Other guys know they have to step up. The defense has to do a ton. But Jim Schwartz made a great point yesterday. He said, hey, we can't try to do too much. That's when we get in trouble. Mm-hmm. They've just got to keep being great. And 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 I feel like, I, I do feel like the Browns are going to win a very low-scoring game this week. If they can win, it puts them in great position to make the playoffs. If you lose this game again to the Steelers, then maybe some of the doubts with Watson being out creep in. And some of the defensive players maybe start thinking, well, how much can we do? Especially if they lose because the offense can't do anything and DTR plays well. Right. So the defense dominating and DTR playing just a serviceable game. 175 yards and no turnovers. I think they can win with even Minimoski, as G would say, numbers. Yeah. If the defense plays great and he doesn't turn it over. I think the, the listen, this team has played with a lot of heart, a lot of toughness, a lot of energy. Even if they lose, I don't believe they're going to fall apart. But there's enough tough games the rest of the schedule. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. That I'm worried about their chances of making the playoffs if they lose this yeah, it game. It does steal some momentum yeah. for sure. It's a race to 10. I think 10 gets them in. It's got to be the right 10. And they've got to win over the Colts. That could come into play with tiebreakers. Yeah. You've got to beat the Steelers or else you lose the tiebreaker. Like you said, you're, right. you're really far back. Not to mention, they're on the West Coast for the next two after this. That's a big swing. They're not even coming home in between. They're going to Denver, then they're going straight to L.A. So they're going to be out of their routine a little bit. you got to get to 10 wins. I think they can do it. I think there's four more wins to get in there. But Denver looks better than, than we thought they would by beating Buffalo. Yeah. The Rams is not a pushover. Houston all of a sudden is a big game coming up. So this is a game being at home. They got a lot of road games on the yep. second half of the season. This is a big one. I agree with you. It's not a must win. It's a got to have it. Yeah. Kool-Aid Mafia. This is a landslide. 
Pittsburgh Steelers have no chance coming here. I'm going to let you know right now. Miles Garrett's defense is not letting them come in here to get no points. They're going to be on an all-time level. I'm picking the Browns to roll in this game. DTR looks good. He'll be a household name. And the Cleveland Browns will be 7-3 and three after this game. And we will look at the Baltimore Ravens and be like, I told you we weren't giving up. In the interest of time, what you guys said. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you. All right, we're taking yeah. our first break. It's brought to you by the fine folks at PCC Airfoils. When we come back, Coach Tyvis is going to tell us why one particular backup will be especially big on Sunday. Welcome back to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. We're previewing the Browns and the Steelers, which happens Sunday at 1 o'clock. One of the themes to this season for the Browns, and it's this way for many teams in the NFL, injuries. They've been hit particularly hard. A lot of key players have been hurt. One of the guys that we don't know his status on right now is Juan Thornhill. What if he can't go? How will the Browns fill that hole? For that, we throw it to Mikey McNuggets and our coach, Titus Powell. Thanks, Jay. No Deshaun on Sunday means DTR is getting the start, which puts a bigger emphasis on this Browns defense to shut down the Pittsburgh offense. They may be without Juan Thornhill, though, who is dealing with a calf injury, and if he's not playing, that means Rodney McLeod gets thrust into the starting lineup. Thornhill has done a great job this season at stopping big plays on the back end, and McLeod had a chance to do that last week against Baltimore, and it didn't go so well. So to help us break down safety play and how to eliminate those mistakes, we brought in Coach Tyvis, our resident safety who played safety in the NFL for four seasons to help teach the people out there how McLeod can pick up a thing or two from Juan Thornhill. Well, as you know, the safety position is near and dear to my heart. So we're going to go through a play where Juan Thornhill did something great, and then we're going to break down what Roddy McLeod could do better. So as we look at this first play, you highlight Juan Thornhill, and you see Ken Walker. Okay, on this play, this ball breaks. And that's the post safety. You got to do everything you can to get this ball down. He does a great job of staying on the back hip of this guy, and he does a great job of running it down to get it down on the ground. It's a great angle, great patience, and did everything he could to get him down. Let's see it from the backside angle. It breaks straight through. He could, he's supposed to press it a little bit, but he's staying on the inside hip. So he runs it down, great angle, tackles it down, saves his team from giving up a touchdown. So that's the good and great closing speed there by Thornhill. Now let's go to the bad. And last week against Baltimore, yeah. McLeod had a chance and it just didn't work out. But hopefully yeah. that can be corrected for this week. Davis, walk us through. Well, that's while I'm here. Let's look right at Roddy McLeod on this one. You can see Roddy's right here in the post. And we're going to look at Mike Ford versus Odell Beckham right there. Odell does a great job coming off of this ball, running this slant. And Mike Ford falls down. But Roddy McLeod has to do a better job of taking an angle. He should cut this off and at least make Odell slow his feet down to get those guys that's behind him a chance to tackle it. He, he misses the angle. Odell Beckham shows you why he still got the speed. Slant. Roddy McLeod has, should be right up in that area right there to make Odell slow. He's a little late coming out of his break, and Odell just runs right around him. He's got to do, take a better angle on that if he want to make some plays this week. He's a veteran. Do you expect to bounce back from McLeod who can fill those shoes if needed? Roddy McLeod is a Super Bowl champion. He will get it done. That's Coach Tyvis. Jay, back to you. All right, McNuggets, Ty, thank you very much. Great stuff. When we come back, no fence riders. Who's going to have more sacks in this game? Is it TJ Watts or is it Miles Garrett? The panel discusses when the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show comes right back.
Welcome back to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. We love to have fun while we're talking about the Browns matchups on this show. And one of the things we like to do is do that through vehicles, games, if you will. McNuggets has a very creative mind. He came up with no fence riders. And Michael, this is very simple. You throw out a, a, a statement and we give you a definitive one way or the other, right? Yeah, no ride of the fence. It's a yes or no, one yes. side or the other, pick or choose. And let's get to the first one today. Will Miles Garrett or TJ Watt have more sacks on Sunday? The rest of these answers pretty split down the middle this one almost unanimous Tyvis Powell the only person on the Watt side of the fence the Ooh. rest of you guys wow Miles Garrett did he did he tell us why he thought TJ would have more sacks he said he liked the match against DeWine better well there is something to I that I thought about that there is something to but that but it looks like DeWine is going to be back for this game at practice today yeah so that should help on the TJ I, I said we've seen James Hudson against TJ Watt two years in a row and it's been a murder both times yeah, yeah. but I want to so see that movie again if it's James Hudson I tend to agree with Tyvis yeah I'm making my answer on the fact I think yeah. it's going to be Dewan Jones I okay. think Dewan's going to play I think the Brown I don't think the Steelers are going to throw the ball a ton but I think they'll throw more than the Browns will and the Steelers are more likely to throw deep giving an opportunity for Garrett because they got you know the guys that can get down the field a little bit I'd be shocked if the Browns threw deep much in this game. I think Heisman might actually have a better game than, than T.J. Watt just because, you know, he might be playing on the opposite side. It'd be, it, it, it'll be interesting to see if they move T.J. Watt around a little bit to get him a matchup. I know the Browns have done that a little bit more with Miles Garrett. We'll see if the, 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 the uh, Steelers do the same. Well, if it's Jaron Christian on the left side, the Browns are going to have to shade help to that side. They are. To the Heisman side, and they're going to have to leave DeJuan one-on-one a lot of times with T.J., We'll see. That's scary, being yeah. a rookie. He has performed very well this yeah. year, yeah. but he's still a rookie, and there's but still a lot of growing pains yeah. going Especially on. Especially in the past, he's been great. Yeah. And at the very least, it takes a while to get around him because yeah. he's a <laughs> very large human Massive. being. Massive. Um, I went with Miles for the simple fact that I think he's found the, the top gear to, to his play. There was always, I felt, some, just a little something missing, and it was usually the splash plays in the big moments. I, I don't see that missing anymore. He's playing at a defensive player of the year level. I know that for all the reasons we talked about, I think it's going to be an easier time for TJ to get home, but Miles plays big on Sunday. Here's the biggest thing. He's driven by the defensive player of the year. He wants it. He does want it. And in a one-on-one matchup against TJ Watt, this is his moment to really go for it. And Watt won the stage in game one. That's right. So he's got to do it. All right, next up with DTR quarterback, they may run the ball a lot more, the Browns. So will Jerome Ford have over 100 rushing yards? A pretty split answer here. Myself, J&G said, yeah, he will break the century mark. The rest of you guys are on the wrong side of the it's fence. Based on the, uh, no. the same argument, right? I are on the same <laughs> right, fence. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. We discussed this on our YouTube show. I, I don't we know were throwing I, chairs at each other. I don't know if yeah, discussion can be <laughs> used. Yeah. You're right. Uh, it got very heated. It was, and Tom and broke, and I yes. were on the good side. Yeah, we were we were on the winner side. You know, we, I, I think he'll have 100 yards. You know, it might it might take him a thousand years, but it'll be a good game if it takes him 98 carries to get 100 yards. It's a good game. By golly, he's got 100 yards. <laughs> Look, you know what I always say? If you're able to run the ball 30 or 40 times, you're in good shape. You're usually winning the game. Yeah. That you're definitely not trailing big because there's no need to throw. Right. I think it's going to be ugly and nothing's going to be easy against the Steelers defense, but I think he can get there. I do. He's gotten there once. Last week was the first time, right? Hope no, so. he did it against the Steelers in week two because of the 70 yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Hopefully yeah, yeah. last week was Jerome Ford's breakout game. Yes. Hopefully, yeah. because that was the first game where I looked at him and thought he could be in every down. How much was league. his ankle a hindrance when he was dealing with? I that? mean, he was—he didn't look good when his ankle was healthy, though. Like he didn't look good prior to the ankle injury. I mean, he looked injury. good against the Steelers. For well, he had time one, with that the, big run. The one run. That was I'll it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay. What's next? Last one. Will either team have a double-digit lead at?
at any point in the game on Sunday. This one, a 4-3 split. Earl Tyvis, G, and Jason said yes. Bull J wow. and myself said no. I love Bolt earlier this week. He barely has one of the teams getting into double yeah, digits. Yeah, my final score is 19 points total, so... Yes, I, 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 just, think, I, I think it's going to be a typical Brown-Steelers game. It'll be close. Yeah. It'll be decided late by whichever team makes the big play. We thought that last week, and all it takes is a couple of turnovers. Uh-huh. Short yeah, fields, no, you never know. And You're the score right. goes up. No, we did. We all said it's going to be low yeah. scoring last week. I yeah. got the Browns rolling. I like, I like the big numbers. Let's go with the big numbers. Yeah, I know you had said earlier this week something like 35-3. Yeah. yeah. See, how, see if you're still talking about that. All right, uh, McNuggets, what do you got? If you're looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits, PCC Air Force is the leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations at PCC Air Force in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up. Plus, full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. All right, we're taking a break. When we come back, Jason mentioned this earlier in the show. You don't need to watch the game. We're going to tell you in advance who wins and how they do it. It's our favorite segment of the week, pre-written headlines. When the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show on Channel 3 comes right back. Welcome back, Paul. You've got injury news. Yeah, Marquise Goodwin, guys, has been ruled out for this game. Juan Thornhill has also been ruled out. DeWan Jones, that's a big one. He's questionable, but he's practiced two days in a row. Michael Dunn, designated to return from IR, is questionable as well. He was a big part of their blocking game the first couple of weeks. All right, very good. Let's do our pre-written headlines your first. Yes, I've been saying all week a low-scoring game. I have the Browns pulling it out. Next man up, DTR's QB sneak in the four. I, I think in the fourth quarter. I didn't put it there. Leads Browns to a 10-9 win over the Steelers. It'll be the only touchdown in the game. DTR over the top in the fourth quarter to give the Browns a 10-9 win. Love Deep. it. Hey, listen, go. as I said, I, I don't think this game is that close. And I think the Browns come in here uh, uh, fighting for Deshaun Watson and Nick Chubb and Jim Brown. And I think the Browns come in here and do the thing. I got the Browns. DTR shows he's more than a rookie. Browns won 27-10. Proves haters don't trust reality. And that means DTR. You see what I did there? Is that Rich Eisen with the hater goggles? Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Anthony for uh, coming up with that. Anthony, that's brilliant. That's I good. love that. Well done. Well, I talked about earlier in the show, this is big for Miles. He wants a Defensive Player of the Year award, and he's going up against T.J. Watt. And that's why after the game Sunday, it's going to be miles ahead. Garrett strengthens grip on Defensive Player of the Year. I'm calling for three, a trifecta, a three-bagger for Miles. Three sacks, and the Browns win. I like the confetti, too. And to your point that what they do in the game, even though they're not on the field at the same time. Oh, they're watching. These Miles especially. 100%. Yeah. TJ's got Defensive Player of the Year already. Miles doesn't. Yeah, I know. I I just think this is his year. I I really do. All right, here's my headline. It's a clean sweep. Well, I I don't know how McNuggets is going on this one, but it's really odd that in the week that the Browns lose their starting quarterback, we're all optimistic. Browns get win from third starting quarterback this year. That is a kudos and testament to Kevin Stefanski. He's won with a lot of different quarterbacks during his brief tenure here in Cleveland. DTR steps up, beats the Steelers. I got a close one, a little more high scoring than than Bull, but I think it stays right around the 30-point total, 17-13 Browns. I also think that it will take a big play by either the offense or the defense in the waning moments to pull it out. McNuggets, is it a clean sweep, 5-0? It is a clean sweep, which is a scary thought, but I went with uh, Cleveland... 
This is for you. For one day, DTR overtakes LBJ as the city's most popular three-lettered athlete. <laughs> That's pretty after good. Beating <laughs> the Squealers. And I love the Steelers helmet. Dick, with those, is those the crying Jordans. Jordans. Yeah. <laughs> There's three of them. Anthony was in his bag this That's week. Good. Anthony, <laughs> you nailed it this week. You really did. You nailed it. Uh, very big football game. Of course, we want to remind you that we're going to recap this thing really in real time. We do it every week, the final two minutes of the game. So at the two-minute warning, find the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Type it into the YouTube search bar. It will take you there. I promise you it will be some of the most fun viewing that you experience all week because it always seems to come down to the very end. And Monday through Friday, 11 to 1, the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show on YouTube. The beauty of this is if you're working, you can't watch us then. View it on demand anytime, day or night. Enjoy the game Sunday. We'll Jay, see you Jay, on Monday on, when they're Jay, seven and three. I got a, we got ten seconds left. Little breaking news too. Do on it. The Steelers injury side. Neither Minka Fitzpatrick nor Keanu Neal practiced on Friday. Oh, Minka's running. He's running after that Nick Chubb. <laughs> yeah, he is. Aaron Christian definitely starting at left tackle again this week too. That's all right. Fun. Very good. Yeah. Enjoy the game. See you next week. Peace. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.